Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. We start today talking about traditional marriages, customary marriages. How do you actually secure yourself and how legal are those marriages when it comes to finances? I recently had a chat with a lady at my local salon and she was devastated because after 25 years, her husband died. Now, apart from grieving that loss... um, her husband's family have now asked her to leave the home she lived in since she got married because it belongs to their family. So, of course, when she got married, she moved in with her husband and that was his um, family home. But still, after 25 years, I didn't think this was humanely possible that people can do that. But I've heard more horror stories similar to that since, uh, you know, having this discussion because now I'm talking about it and I didn't realize that this was um, such a huge issue and it's so important to actually secure yourself. So in order to get more details, I'm now joined by Moramadi Mabule. He's the head of a Wolves at Sunlam and Hopefully, we can get more detail on this. A very good evening to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sumitra. How are you? I'm very good. Maramadi, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Tell me, I mean, let's just start with, you know, a traditional, a customary marriage. How legal is that? So, you know, um, the story, your intro, you know, it's, it's something very common that we come across a lot of times. And, you know, I just want to emphasize to, to the people that, you know, a customary marriage is a recognized marriage in South Africa, meaning it is legal. Uh-huh. Um, so what we have, we've got what we call the Recognition of Customary Marriages Act, which actually tabulates um, how this, um, you know, uh, contract or if I can call it a contract this marriage marital regime is structured and it gives the requirements and according to those requirements that you know if they are all met it becomes a legal uh, valid and binding marriage okay so in the instance of this you know um, you know I spoke to Cynthia and she says that she's being asked to leave because she has no legal hold on this house how then I mean if this marriage is legal I mean is there some sort of documentation to say that I mean she's being asked to leave the home by right she's lived there for 25 years and maybe her husband actually hasn't put it in paper but shouldn't she be entitled to live there to continue living there Okay, let, I think let me start by ex- explaining the requirements in terms of mm-hmm. the recognition of Customary Marriages Act. The requirements are saying, you know, the, the parties must be 18 years, uh, they must have consented to the marriage, uh, the marriage must be negotiated and celebrated. And a lot of times the mistake that people do is that they don't go and register this, this marriage. Ah. And the minute you register it, that's when you actually it's very easy for you to prove the marriage. However, registration does not mean, if you register it or you don't register it, doesn't mean now it doesn't become a legal um, recognized marital regime. This is a common story, Sumitra. Uh, we hear it a lot of times where people, when the husband passes away, then all of a sudden the family, you know, they decide otherwise. And the courts were very clear. I think, let me give an example with the, you know, the passing of um, WHP. I mean, it was very 
uh, it, it was hugely publicized. Yeah. And, and the judge in that case said they looked at those requirements. The three requirements, they were met. And the court was satisfied that this is a legal marriage. So in the, in the, in the example that you gave, that client can actually approach the court and to actually say, you know, as I was married to this man for mm-hmm. so many years and uh, and this is the dispute, but he should be able to, he must prove that the marriage actually existed. I mean, that's, I was so sad for her um, yeah. and I felt, I felt really sorry for her. She's also not a young woman, yeah. um, you know, she's quite elderly and yeah. having to go through this. I mean, are there lessons that we need to learn up front to make sure that we don't actually find ourselves in this position? I mean, you find yourself at 50 or 55 years old now suddenly having to go and prove in a court yeah. that this is my house. I mean, I feel like that that's just so unfair. Yes, yes. So, so the Recognition of Customary Marriages Act is it, it's fairly, it's relatively new. I mean, it came into effect in November 2000. Yeah. And this is based on a whole lot of all these challenges. And the idea was, you know, to make sure that we protect um, women's rights particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you would get a lot of times where you've got the minister who's married in terms of customary marriage here, in terms of urbanization, he has moved now, has gone to Gauteng, he's working there, he finds a young wife, gets married in terms of civil marriages, and then the poor customary marriage wife, you know, is left in a limbo. And hence this act, I think it was one of the groundbreaking acts uh, when it comes to customary law that, you know what, it actually tabulates what needs to happen. And um, the act is saying, you know, um, you know, people have to register these marriages if they enter into them, mar- register mm-hmm. it in three months. Um, but we get a lot of times people don't register it because, you know, we do the customary and then we move and we do the civil marriage under normal circumstances. However, some people just do the customary and they forget about it. But I also wanted to share something that is important um, in terms of the, the requirements. You know, we get a lot of times where people want to hide behind that I only paid half a lobola. I didn't mm-hmm. pay the full price. Um, therefore, it was not a concluded marriage. But the act has shied away okay. from putting lobola as a requirement. And I think the the fact that you've brought up the incident with double HP was really important yeah. because, I mean, you know, um, his wife was young and she went to court and she fought it and and I think in the end she won. But it yeah. recognised that. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes it, these things take time as well, and yeah. it was unfortunate um, that you know he passed on at that time. But yeah. sometimes these things take time, and if you don't actually get all the paper work done. This is also something that can create an issue. Afropolitans, I'm talking to Moromadi Mabule, head of Worlds at Sunnam, and we're talking about how to protect yourself in a customary or a traditional marriage. Um, Give us a call if you have any questions or if you want to share any experiences with us. The number is 86 Okay, so this law came into play. It's fairly new, but it does actually recognize that even if you are, if you can prove that you've been in this customary marriage, this traditional marriage um, for a certain amount of time, that it will still hold up. Does this mean that 
everything that you own is also in community of property. So this is now an interesting one um, because, like I said, it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the act, we say, you know, it says you must go register the marriage. If Even if you don't register it, it's still recognized. However, the default in these types of marriages is in community of property. Unless you sign an ANC, and then it becomes out of community of property. And the ANC must be actually signed uh, before the actual ceremony of that customary marriage. So, so there is options. So the default is in community. However, there's options to actually be married in terms of customary marriages out without without being in community of property. So to, to go and sign an antinatural contract and separate assets. Majority of people, unfortunately, are in the default, which is in community of property. Mm. And in community of property, by its nature, means we're going to throw everything in one pot. So it becomes our assets and our liabilities. We are jointly and severally liable. Um, and, and that is where there is a lot of heartache, um, where people, you know, if, if you don't manage your finances or you don't, you know, you are not uh, awake in terms of what's happening with your finances, mm-hmm. you might just find that, you know, the joint estate is in financial trouble. And, um, and, and that is where, you know, we need to be very alert when it comes to certain things. I'll make an example, um, you know, with regard to income into of property and how people actually can protect it. So when you are married in community of property, one of the most important things that you need to do is to actually seek financial advice. Uh, when you sit with a financial advisor and you do what we call an estate plan, you are able to actually have a view in terms of what's happening with the, the entire pot. When one spouse passes away, when you are married in community of property, the entire joint estate will be wind up and it can be a very expensive exercise. Back to your example when you spoke about um, and uh, your friend that the, the husband passed away and now she had to move out of the house. Yeah. You know, w- one of the questions that I want to ask you is was there a family home? Whose house is it? Who is it registered in? Because the default, mm-hmm. the default marriage, if she didn't register it and anything else, it could have been incoming of property. And how is the family kicking her out? So we just need to understand, was it a family home? We get a lot of cases like that where this is a family home. It's not even the husband's home. It's someone else's home. You know, it was his yeah. parent's home, something like that. So we just need to understand because there's there's a big story around the family home. So I think this is the case. In Cynthia's case, um, when she got married, he had had already inherited this home. He moved in after his parents passed on and he was living there. So when they got married, she moved in with him and they started living there. Yeah. So it did, you know... I suppose if he didn't change any of the documentation to put it solely into his name, um, then it does belong to the family. So then we go back. If I were Cynthia, I would challenge it uh, because we are married in community of property. And if he had inherited it Mm. and in his inheritance, according to the will that was drafted by the parents, if the inheritance was not excluding in community of property, you could challenge this. 
Okay. So, okay. but but then that's really important to make the distinction and to understand yes. if there was, if it's, you know, if he's got it on paper that he inherited the house and just, yes. you know, not a verbal agreement. Okay. I'm going to move into the family home now. Absolutely. Okay. So what are the other things, Morabodi, that, you know, that we need to actually look at when we're entering a traditional marriage because I know for instance if you get married in the church or you get married at home you have a traditional ceremony you still need paperwork for home affairs as well I mean you could run into problems there as well you could be on the system as not married until you actually give them that paperwork and I just recently learned that home affairs can actually reject you if your documentation is not all correct so the act, back to the act, the recognition of customary marriages act actually saying once you've, um, you've gone through the three requirements, you must go and register the marriage uh, mm-hmm. within three months. And uh, it, if you go look at the requirements at the home affairs, the requirements are also quite simple. It says, come, both of you parties, come and register your marriage. You must bring witnesses. You must have your ID document and they're able to register it as a customary marriage, but it will be registered. So you can't, you know, uh, go around walking around as if you are single. You will be registered in terms of customary marriages. So the requirements are there. And this is information that's easily available. I mean, it's sitting also on the Home Affairs website. People can get that kind of information. You would find that a lot of times the only way uh, they wake up and they think about, you know, going to register this marriage is when somebody has passed away or in the event that they want to get out of this marriage. Mm. Then that's when they think of going to register it so that they can dissolve it. Because that's the only way you can actually, you know, divorce in terms of customary marriages. It has to be registered and dissolved in terms of the Divorce Act. Okay, so it's critically important that you do the paperwork, you go and register the marriage at Home Affairs so that you are recognized um, in the eyes of the law. How then do you go from there in order to protect yourself? So you don't want to be in a situation where you're 55 years old and now you need to go to court. Should you, what, what kind of paperwork should you put together to have on file in case something happens? Yeah, so... Very easy. Um, we've got when we do the Lobola negotiation during that, you know, negotiation story, there is a Lobola letter. So the Lobola letter is quite crucial that you actually keep it in file somewhere. Um, you, like I said, you, the copies of the IDs and because those are the documents that you're going to re- need when you go and register it at home affairs. So it is, you know, it's, it's, it's that paperwork. It's the same thing when you go and get married in terms of civil law, you know, you, you, marriage certificate becomes quite important. Um, you know, it forms part of the, you know, the whole structure um, in terms of the marriage. And when you go and you dissolve it, you know, the marriage certificate is part of the whole process until now you get a divorce decree. Mm. So I think a lot of people unfortunately procrastinate and they don't go and register these marriage, uh, customary marriages. And I mean, you've got three months after the ceremony to go and register. I don't see why people are not going into home affairs Um, and it's a simple process. I think it's important that we've realized that this 
Act is now in place and yeah. there you have all of these things to safeguard. But I mean, I, I think it just also highlights the importance of having a will, whether you mm. are in a customary marriage or, or in a, you know, in a traditional marriage or you've gone straight to court and got married yeah. there. It is so important to have a will and have all of this detailed so mm. that you know, you leave a bit of peace of mind, uh, you know, at, in, at any stage, whatever yeah. happens, there is something, there's, you know, that piece of paper that you have, you know exactly yeah. what to do and you're okay after that. Absolutely. You know, I, I passed a comment that unfortunately when we come to estate planning and wills, uh, a lot of times we shy behind, um, you know, culture and customary law. And and I always say to people, you know what, if your customary law is according to your customs, this is how you ask you assets are going to be, you know, uh, split and, and, and this is how you are going to be dealing mm. with succession. Put it in writing, it, you know, make it easy so that people don't have to be arguing. And, you know, I mean, customs, when somebody has passed away, we run to court. And what the court will do, they will apply the law of interstate succession if somebody has died without a will. Then what, I mean, there's no place for custom mm-hmm. at, and, and customary law at that point. So I always say to people, let's not hide behind culture. Rather put it on paper as long as it's legally and practically possible. Um, and exercise that freedom of testation. I think it's one of the most responsible things. You know, there is so much material um, out there around wealth creation creation and all that but we are not talking wealth preservation enough Mm -hmm. and I think the conversations like this that we're having are very important and crucial otherwise people shouldn't be fighting for for the family homes people shouldn't be kicking out the Magoti we shouldn't be having the Rakhadi scenarios Uh, because though they happen because we're sitting with a people that didn't put, you know, their wishes on paper. Mm. And, I, you know, uh, we did have a bit of a discussion previously on this show, but I think we need to have more of a discussion around it. It's for another show, but we really need to talk about that. Yes, it's awkward. Yes, you've just gotten married, but it's important to have these discuss, uh, discussions around finances right at the beginning before you actually start your journey with this person. Muramadi, thank you so much for your time uh, this evening. Uh, thanks for joining me and giving us that uh, those insights Moramadi Mabule head of wills at Sunlam My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM home of the Afropolitan Rewinding Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind visit kayafm.co.za for more